Retro Anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette. How's it going, everyone? What it do? Hello. How's it going? In this episode, we're taking a trip to the afterlife, afterlife and back again. We're talking about Yu Yu Hakusho, the occult action comedy series of the early 90s. Uh, this is uh, based on a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Yoshihiro Togashi, an anime adaptation consisting of 112 episodes aired in Japan um, from October 92 through December 94. This is an early mid-90s series. Uh, it was later licensed in North America by Funimation in 2001, where it aired on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim and later on Tsunami and kind of jumped around a little bit. The Yu Yu Hakusho franchise spawned two animated films, a series of OVAs, audio albums, video games. It took off. This thing was huge. Uh, this is a unique experience for most of us since this series was made in the early 90s, but it didn't really make it to the West until the 2000s which is sort of our threshold for things, but since it is technically a 90s anime... It counts. It counts. Exactly, it counts. Well allowed. And to add to that, I think all of us, with the exception of Lynette, had never actually seen it. Am I correct? Correct. The plot thickens. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! This is the first time that she brought something for us? Yeah, this is the first... None of us have watched. Yeah, this is the first one that none of us... Except Lynette have seen, so we flipped the script on her. Uh, she's flipped the script on us, rather, this episode. So it's pretty exciting. Um. <laughs> what are my biscuits call me Sally? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Yu uh, Yu Hakusho, it's 112 episodes. So I wanted to preface this with, I did not watch 112 episodes for this podcast recording. But I did watch about nine or ten of them, um, mostly in sequential order, and then I kind of hopped around a little. And my reasoning was is I wanted to get a feel for how the story goes and, you know, narratively, like where it goes, animation quality, how it's improved, all these things. And I figured I couldn't get that from just the first ten. I kind of had to, like, skip around and, and catch a little bit. How far did you guys get? I guess I'll go first since I know mine's insignificant because, you know, real life gets in the way sometimes. I've only was able to make it into about five episodes. So about a little over two hours worth, movies worth. And I actually do plan to keep on watching. Cool. Brian, about how much did you get done? Well, I made it all the way to the Dark Tournament uh, arc. I'm not sure how many episodes I lost count. That episode. You made it to that that episode of the Dark Tournament. Yeah, to... <laughs> he, uh, actually, Is that where they were fighting in the dark. No, when they're fighting in the tournament. In the tournament, okay. So that is what I was watching. Yeah, it's and and that's kind of something I I definitely wanted to touch on. So when I started this this anime has um has a great does a great job of shattering my conceptions my preconceptions. I started this fully expecting it to be like an occult detective series, right? Because it starts out very much like that. It starts out with the whole, he's dead, and and he's going to become this the 
underworld detective and he's going to, you know, go around and, and, and catch demon criminals and whatnot. And then this thing just flips the script about halfway through the first season and it suddenly Dragon Ball Z. it goes full Dragon Ball Z. percent, <laughs> And that is absolutely the note I wrote is that it goes from occult detective to Dragon Ball. That's it, hardcore. <laughs> this goes... <laughs> And uh, I loved that. I loved that because it, it, it. I honestly, I was not looking forward to having to watch a whole bunch of Occult Detective. So when it finally uh, flipped on me, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Well, we're we're going this route." And I mean, it's the DNA was there early on. Man, like, I, I think what happened was we were expecting uh, three by three eyes to <laughs> animate <laughs> series. Would right, I do we were, that to you guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, once I saw the third eye come out from here, I was like, Cayenne Wayne's back. <laughs> I was like, okay, look, they're leaning heavy into it. And, and oh, oh my God, he died. He's Yakimo. This is Yakimo. Right? He, he's the same Y name. I was like, okay, okay. Are you trying to do a spirit bomb? This was straight dragon ball. What the? I was just secretly getting back at the three by three guys. <laughs> so, I what I what I will say is that I enjoyed that part of it. In the episodes I've watched, is I enjoyed that it took the occult stuff. Right, the Japanese occult is a boy; those guys have got stories. Their occult is so rich with lore, and it took a lot of those concepts and it did put them into um, a narrative that. That didn't involve uh, a wooden vagina, uh, which was a, a lovely step forward. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it made it it made it a little more lighthearted, a little more fun. I, I was having a good time with it when it started. Uh, say that this for I even wrote a note about it because, as the self proclaimed animation nerd, the first four episodes are hard. It is very much an early 90s anime series. It feels like an early, it looks like an early 90s anime series. Uh, so the animation quality is is not there. And then episode five hits, and that shit just ramps. Like it ramped up significantly in quality. And, and much like Super Dimension Fortress Macross, the series has episodes that are, that are, you know, where there's parts of the animation where it's like, eh, okay, they brought in their B team. And then a lot of it is A-team material, um, which is common for, you know, series, especially uh, Japanese anime series. And I thought once the animation quality kicked up, I was like, all right, I can watch this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, at first I was like, man, I don't know if I can do 112 episodes of this. This feels like, like, I don't know. Hard watch. Yeah, it, it, just because it looked so rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it did improve. For me, it was it, the first four episodes felt so slow in getting to what it was, and I almost, almost gave up on it. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't. You can't pull Nakira on everything. Well, let's huh? let's <laughs> let's talk about this now. So the first episode, we talk about uh, Yusuke Urameshi, who is a, and it took me three or four episodes before this really sank in. A middle schooler. It's a middle schooler. And he's got this bad boy rep. Like he's this tough kid. The whole delinquent. <laughs> yeah, he's a delinquent, right? This... He was delinquent Hokage before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, and his rival is what I have to say so laughable. Um, Kuwabara, Kuwabara with his pompadour haircut and his and his he tough boy spiral? attitude. Oh, red pompadour haircut. Red so, pompadour haircut. We were. We're going to jump ahead for a little bit, but they actually talked about the the whole live action that's about to be made, yep. or and they were talking about who was the perfect person to play Kuwabara, and they said it should be Blake Griffin, basketball player. <laughs> and they and they showed a picture. He looks just like him. He's got the hair uh, with the oh man with the hair because he, he naturally has the hair. But I can't can Blake Griffin with the pompadour. I you know, have a feeling he can't pull off being a middle schooler. Um, <laughs> there's that. There's that part. They, they didn't pull off being a middle schooler very well themselves. Seriously, they did not. Yeah, no, I these, can see it. These characters were not middle schoolers, man. Um, so, yeah, Kuwabara's pompadour hair was just too damn much for me. And he was supposed to be the tough guy. And the way that he's animated, I, I do appreciate this. His character design is... He is not an attractive guy, and they do not shy away from that. Is he? His nose is upturned. His eyes are, you know, slit. He's got this like hard cheek. He looks like you know, he ugly. Um, but <laughs> and then we're we're treated to like a whole. I don't know, it was like third or fourth episode in. We're treated to a whole character development episode for this supporting character right away. And I was like, oh, man, they're going to make this. I'm going to have to deal with this guy for 112 episodes. Like he's this isn't this isn't like the mom who, by the way, let's talk about the mom. Oh, wow. Just mom. (laughs) Just wow. That is some class A parenting right there. And at least they took the mom and dad away. So I was worried because I'm like, she's in the intro. I'm like, they're going to use her a lot, right? I'm going to have to put up with this drunk, useless woman for the whole series. Yeah, and, and luckily, you don't, at least as far as I can tell. But, she but out. yeah, because like, I'm while. like, man, I, I don't need this. Um, <laughs> so uh, circling back, we're treated to a whole character building episode for Kuwabara. It shows how honorable he is and how he's willing to do the right thing for all the people. And I was like, okay, he's going to be Ken to Ryu here. That's just what's going to happen. He's going to be the sidekick. The Vegeta. He's the Vegeta to the Goku. No, no, no. We haven't gotten to that part yet. We know who Goku is. <laughs> Man, I feel like everything we have done has led us to this whole... Like, we have had so many callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I don't know yeah. how we're planning on doing how we're making our plan for this, but it feels like we're building on it. And right. <laughs> well, I, I mean that. it's so it because it's so 90s and it is so 90s. And it a lot of the stuff reads obvious. Uh Keiko obvious typical female love interest from an early 90s anime. And of course, we have to establish our hero as a sex offender immediately. It's very important. Uh, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> very important that if he's if he's not, you know, labeled a pervert early on, then it's not a 90s anime. Not enough to be a delinquent. <laughs> That's right. He can't just be a delinquent. He's a perverted delinquent. Being a skirt between friends. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yo. I don't know if you saw the episode, but that actually comes back into play. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's like two, three episodes in where he he, he gropes her boobs to get her to recognize that it's him, which well, I thought was hilarious. Even, even past that, there's actually an arc <laughs> where he's doing his spirit detectiving, detectiving, <laughs> detective work. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he he's detecting shit for the spirits. <laughs> <laughs> he's filming the shit out of it. Uh, right, right, and. Uh, in this mission, they are trying to get a kidnap spirit, kidnap ice apparition, and one of the one of the people he has to fight actually is transgender. <laughs> so he figures out either like Kurobara gets upset because you can't hit a girl. He said, "Well, let's find out." <laughs> he jumps at her, figure out that she's not a she. She she has. She still has her plumbing. He does does the check. <laughs> he actually <he, laughs> checks, and then it, it, okay, we can beat her up now. We're good. So I think it's the uh, the fifth episode where the mom is out doing her drunk mom thing, and mm-hmm. she's at a trans bar, which was an immediate callback to Three by Three Eyes for me. I'm like, sure, oh, she's hanging out three. at a trans oh, bar, and <laughs> and this is all about the occult. It's like. Yo, it does feel like payback. It really does feel like payback than that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's um, a couple of questions we actually get to ask that we've never... We're, we're, Lynette's the first person to ask. Like, well, Lynette, how did you find this one? Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, Lynette. Like Brian said, how how did you end up on Yu Yu Hakusho? Did I find it? Um, yeah, Insomnia and I in college while I was doing some homework, and it popped up. Because then all I heard, all I heard was, and suddenly he was dead. And then I looked, and I was like, what? Those are her goth face, apparently. That's right. <laughs> that was like three seconds into episode one. So yeah, the first right? time, so you watched it. So you watched it in English, obviously, right? Because it was when uh, Funimation released it on Cartoon Network. I think that's about the time. My late night study, don't want to really <laughs> think about homework type thing. And, and that's what drew me in was I was just watching. I was like, "What is this dude doing in a green jumpsuit?" I'm gonna go back to my my cal. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my calculus now, and then all of a sudden it goes, and suddenly he was dead, and I was like, "What? What happened?" It's like attention grabbed. This um this made its rounds, right? It was on Cartoon Network, and then it it uh, start first it was on Adult Swim, and then it later moved to Toonami, and it it jumped around uh, a couple other time slots. Like I wasn't sure. I don't think they knew what they wanted to do with it because they they did have to edit it because of course localizations being what they are, they uh. reduce the amount of violence and the sexual humor and the coarse language and stuff like that. I will say I did not watch all the episodes in order. It's kind of like when you guys got the VHS, I got the, and suddenly he was dead. And then I got the guy with the rose whip and then I got the <laughs> battle. And then I, <laughs> and they're going, what is happening? <laughs> Everything's out of order. Now this eventually it made its way to Funimation and Crunchyroll. So now it's there now. So the next question is exactly how far into your anime journey did you you follow for you? I follow you you. I think I, I mean like I know after Sailor Moon. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, where was it? Too. Which we have to had do you, someday. I'm just saying. Had you already had the anime bug yet, or were? You oh still... yeah, yeah. I had already gotten the anime bug, um, but you know, go on the internet. I had dial-up still. I mean, this is when you had like Netscape, AOL. And I was too young to go try to find VHS, and then I went to college, and then I was too poor to find anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was mostly through my friends where I found stuff. And then, of course, the uh, NAMI, Adult Swim. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people, like, a lot of people's first animes were Toonami, right? Uh, I think Dragon Ball Z for me was Toonami. Yeah, so a lot of people. For a lot of firsts, a lot of the younger generations, they found like Super Dimension Fortress Macross, they found that through Robotech, which aired on Toonami. And again, Dragon Ball was Toonami and a whole bunch of stuff. Toonami was great back in the day. You could uh, find all kinds of great stuff on there. Yeah, they did. They did the adult anime late at night. So if you yeah, Toonamiya, they did the unrated for a little while where you could watch it where they swear and they do. Ew, oh, hell yeah. It was awesome. I think um, that was the first time I finished Gundam Wing was Toonami. <laughs> Before that, it was bootlegs I found from the local anime shop by Brian's College in Tampa. Uh, <laughs> that's another episode in the future. This whole thing, I'm going to circle uh, back on this a little bit. So this whole thing starts out with him dying, which we've established very early on. And he spends the whole first episode floating around with uh, Botan who is easily the cutest reaper ever to exist. But it did, it did. I had a question five episodes in and I was like, doesn't she have dead people to help? Like, cause she's not going anywhere. She's really hanging out with this, just this one dead dude. Like she's really bad at her job. Like, I feel like there's a whole line of, of people waiting to be ferried and it's just not, not happening. Um, so I they, I don't know if that ever got addressed, but in the episodes I watched, no, she's still just kind of hanging out with them. No, she's his designated person. So it's I, I feel like this is like Dead Like Me, the, the TV series, where it's just like a shit ton of Reapers, and she's just like one of them, and, and that's, she's just, this is her human. She's going to sign to. She's a social caseworker. Well, yeah, and I, she becomes his assistant detective. So I was like, is that a demotion from being the... the the grim reaper or or is this like a sideways promotion at work thing where it's like oh you don't have to ferry dead people anymore now you're investigating them she's basically the worst reaper ever or the best sidekick ever i don't know she does turn out to be pretty badass though yes um so i i didn't i watched the first five episodes and then i jumped around a bit because i wanted like i didn't mention before i wanted to see where the story went i wanted to see narratively how this flows because i didn't want to talk about it without having a sense of scope um i knew that by episode five the animation had improved but i didn't know where the story was going to go so i kind of cheated a bit and i jumped around but she does she does seem to come into her own as a character and uh is a lot more than just a reaper (laughs) and this whole thing goes very dragon ball not dragon ball z so much but very dragon ball in the first couple episodes when he has to go to the afterlife and he meets, uh, what's his name? Enema. I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he gets he gets the baby egg. He has to do the the baby yeah, egg how, experiment. Dude, how long are you holding that in? <laughs> how long are you holding that, dude? I wrote it. 
I wrote it down because I didn't hear, like, I just didn't write down his actual name. Because the first time I heard his name said, I was like, Enema? That's a fucking weird name. So then it's I saw later it's <laughs> something else. Um, but he gets the little egg timer thing. And I, I like how everything in the beginning is very much a trial of his character. Let's see if he's worth keeping around and, and, and doing this. Yeah, if he's worth doing this job that he they're about to give him. Which ultimately ends up being his job for a handful of episodes, and then the rest of the time he's fighting. But it's cool. I, I dug that. Like the first four episodes, a lot of a lot of character building, but not necessarily for him. Uh, a lot of it felt like building up. I have a rule when it comes to watching anything, TV series, animation, live action, doesn't matter. And it's called the rule of three, uh, which means the series has three episodes to grab my attention enough or make me care about even one character enough to want to keep watching the entire series. It's a lot harder when I already know that is 112 episodes of this or seven seasons of it or whatever it is I'm about to get into. But the rule of three, it's a basic rule. So by episode three of this, we were doing the Kuwabara character piece. And by then I still didn't give a shit about Yusuke. He was just, here's this dead kid. Who the fuck is Yuyu? Why did they do that to you? As in, uh, common with a lot of these uh, anime is the title basically has nothing to fucking do with the series. But in this one, it does. So I guess Yu Yu Huxtable is translation for Poltergeist Report. That's what I read. Mindless musing there. So kind of plays into the whole idea. You know, detective thing. Well, I sound like an idiot, don't I? (laughs) No, no, because like three by three eyes, right? Like that was a name. They just like, what the because this there's a lot of those uh, anime titles that just made no sense and you're just like well, whatever but this this one did have a translation so good to them and like what are all the little extra letters at the end of dragon ball z gt you know, it's, nobody fucking knows <laughs> some of the notes i had here oh this was fun all right so in episode four i have issues with episode four i'm just gonna i i know that we push past this and it turns into dragon ball and it becomes great but episode four had me, I had a lot of questions. Uh, for one, they decided to keep his corpse in a house, in the mom's house. Because they the mom discovers he has a heartbeat. It's like, hey, he has a heartbeat. I'm like, cool. So no doctor. We're just going <laughs> to keep the body here in this house with the heartbeat. She is drunk. So. <laughs> just we're going to pull him out the coffin. Don't blame the alcohol. Put him, <laughs> put him in a futon. I'm just going to leave him here on the floor. It'll be fine. Put a blanket on him because he may be cold. And then, because she's the worst mom ever, the house is literally a garbage dump and gets set on fire. Like, it's yes. horrible. So, <laughs> Not this, like, oh, my God. The whole thing is, it, it should have been a crematorium. It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I the amount of shit on the floor when the the <laughs> so at first and this is on me for kind of half heartedly watching at that point, but I thought it was Keiko's house. I'm like Keiko's filthy. Like what the fuck is wrong with this girl? <laughs> and then it's like a little way through. I'm like, oh no, this is the mom's house. Okay, this makes a lot more sense. Yeah, all right. Yeah, this useless drunk woman. This is exactly all right. This makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, no doctor. No hospital. Just going to keep this corpse here in my living room in a futon. Yep. Well, even on a futon. Yeah, yeah. It's it was just... on the... 
course. Like, seriously, they took him out the coffin and... Yeah. The, the, right. and like, the steps you have to follow, they had to physically remove him from his coffin, transport him to... They didn't think to call a doctor. It's anime logic. All this can be. Oh, and yeah, the, the crematorium, they're like, uh, they're probably sitting there. It's like, uh, the body was supposed to be here three days ago. Dude, motherfucker's lucky he didn't get embalmed when they're like, you need your body back. That was my first thought. I'm like, he has to go get, is he embalmed? Because this is going to be weird. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, the mom didn't want that. And then, but then, of course, you know, when his heart started, let's not get him medical attention. Let's just put him on the floor. He hasn't woken uh, up yet. He's next to the yeah. old Yakitoba containers and some books. It'll and be fine. fine. It's no problem. It's fine. This adding to my distaste for the mom. Just useless <laughs> character. Didn't even care to learn her name. I don't know if they ever gave her one. She was just mom in the first few episodes. Even Keiko called her mom. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, hit by a car. No, you know, he's dead, dead, declared dead. Yeah, at the scene, and it's he's like, dead. oh yeah, he's heartbeat now. <laughs> he's no, dead at the dead. scene. He's clearly been dead for at least 48 hours. And at least. <laughs> so I, I, I took issue with it, but it was, and then of course, the just the state of the house. And I'm like, you know what, Yusuke, you're better off dead. <laughs> Stay <laughs> dead. <laughs> So once again, we're talking about the difference between like the previous things that we have watched before compared to this one. Remember how we lauded and we were we were so great at the science that they gave us in Gunbuster. Right? Sure. Yeah. This completely goes the opposite way. <laughs> okay, but it's not it's not three by three eyes bad. No, it's not. It's it's not. It's not bad. It's but those those few episodes are those first five episodes they they test you those episodes. There's like, are you really into this? Are you sure you're into it's like a Windows thing before you delete something? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like we're, gonna, we're making sure you're willing to put in the effort to watch. Are you yeah. absolutely certain you want to keep watching this series? We are going to test you. <laughs> Once he starts fighting, I think it gets better, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, then it starts to build, but it's the build up that you're just like, I forgot. I, yeah, I didn't see that part. I always just saw episode one and then the fighting. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is a great anime. <laughs> so it's the physics of the fight for me that's like, okay. All right. All right. I mean, but it's it's anime fighting, man. Like, all right. So one of the episodes I jumped ahead to, I mean, to cut you off, he's fighting a white tiger character uh, over like a lava pit. Cool yeah, there you go. That guy, totally. And um, and the yeah, anime physics hard in that one because this middle schooler is ripped like a WWE guy, and and he's jumping from platform to platform. Like, look, man, at my prime, I could maybe jump five feet. <laughs> this dude is clearing 20, 30 foot jumps. You know, big deal. But, you know, it's anime physics. And, that, like, this whole thing ramps up to a hard Dragon Ball with, you know, the spirit weapons and the whole, like, his Reiki gun. Pointing his finger with his Reiki gun. Hey, hey. Pew, pew. Finger bang. <laughs> he doesn't load it or nothing. It is rude, and he does it the whole time. <laughs> He's just pointing. <laughs> every... 
Didn't his mom... No, his mom's drunk. Never mind. His mom never told him his rude to point. She told him to quit school because she's fucking useless. Right? <laughs> so don't go around finger-banging people. It's bad. <laughs> That's it. That's all we can call it from now on. It's not a Reiki gun anymore. <laughs> Look, he's, it's finger banging. It's finger banging. That's that's it. It's finger banging. His whole power is finger banging. And oh. they put and they put the finger banging on everything. It's in all the marketing material. It's the the finger banging's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> like I don't want to call spirit gun no more. No, no, it's not spirit gun. It's finger banging. <laughs> I can't imagine myself like watching the rest of the shows now. Anytime he says Aragon, I'm going to say it underneath my. <laughs> oh man, you ruined it, Vic, or you improved it. Wow, dude, that was probably the best thing you said this entire podcast. <laughs> like, I didn't know you had it in you. I did not know you had that in you, and I'm so proud. I knew you win. <laughs> so there is this scene in episode five where uh, he's awake now, and he's walking, and his hair is great because he doesn't have a greased back. He's just all falling down. He's walking down, and there's a fortune teller in an alley, and she calls him over. And we know it's Botan, right? But at the time, you're not 100%. It's this fortune teller in the alley, and I wrote down, isn't this how Maya became a sex slave um, in Cool Devices? Uh, but... but <laughs> was the note i wrote because it was eerily similar uh but no no sex slaving for for yusuke just uh spirit detectives <laughs> and finger banging really impressed by that one that was very good so i i jumped to uh what was it the season i jumped around a lot and so i went to season two i did a little bit of season three and and this show really sticks with these characters the whole way through and it does a good job developing them uh because in the episodes i watched even though i didn't get to uh watch the entire 112 episode run the episodes i did watch uh are were consistent with the character growth like it felt like kuwabara who i hated at the very beginning of the series even in the handful of episodes i was able to watch i was like you know what i like this guy a lot he's cool and and by the last the, the end of the series he is excellent. He's just a very well-developed character. He's very much a, a Vegeta to the Goku in this series, and it's it's great. In fact, I think he's voiced in the English dub by the same actor. I think. Sounded like him. I watched it mostly in Japanese. I did jump around a little bit. A couple episodes I did watch in English, just because um, Funimation had them. So I was clicking through and watching some stuff. I remember how we were talking about the, the, the whole, I gotta be the best trope. Yep. All right. Now we also see you the whole rival trope. Yes. Yeah. Right? But then you start to see the whole, I have more than one rival. Mm-hmm. Because the same way that Kuobara is his rival, eventually he sees him as a rival too. The yeah. only one who doesn't, and I love the fact that they use Kurama as his name, because they're like, oh my gosh, he's a fox, just let the nine tail. I'm like, okay, okay. Does he Jump on the rival bandwagon too. Karama, redhead rose guy. No, I don't think he ever jumps into a rival piece. From what I, when I watched further down, it's more like he just does his own thing. He doesn't really. Yeah, care. he sees him as a as an equal, but never like a rival. Like 
in some of the bits I saw him uh, referring to to Yusuke, it was more camaraderie than right. than anything else. I don't think it was ever a rivalry there, which is good. <laughs> I, I'm glad they didn't fall into that trope. Well, the reason is that he, you know, when he's doing his little spirit detective thing, right? Mm-hmm. And what has to happen is he, three demons escape from the underworld, and one of them is Kurama, the other one's Hiye, and then there's another guy who's over there. You, you, uh, Yusuke beats the other guy, saves uh, Kurama, and then fights Hiye. That's the order of the, of, that's when it starts to become more Dragon Ball in that. Right. That. Yeah, that's now, when the flip happens. And that's when the flip happens. And then they go straight to a turn. I mean, it just ends up at a tournament. Like, that's just... Pretty much. But yeah, no, it, it leans it leans hard. Uh, I don't want to say it leans hard on Dragon Ball, because I guess they're... Well, no, Dragon Ball would have preceded this by I mean, almost a decade. So so it does. It leans hard on a lot of the, the same Dragon Ball tropes. Uh, so I think that if you're a fan of that series, then this is definitely for you. I think it's in that same wheelhouse. I would argue that it's despite the absurdity of the first few episodes and, you know, it being occult based, I, I would say it's it's a more grounded take on, on a Dragon Ball martial arts kind of thing. Just because, you know, Dragon Ball goes ape shit, literally apes. Like astronomical. Right. <laughs> this this is more grounded and it feels really weird saying it's grounded by a guy who finger bangs his opponents. But it's. It is a more grounded uh, martial arts series, uh, so credit where credit's due. There, I, I appreciated that. I mean, it's not, it's not realistic by any stretch of the imagination, Yo, but it, it was, it was very I, I, entertaining. There's a guy who fights with yo-yos, right? <laughs> the yo-yo fight is by far the thing. I was like, all right, stop, please. That, <laughs> I'm going to use the yo-yo. And I'm going to basically pick you up with the yo-yos and slam you into the ground. And I'm showing you how high it is. You're human. Everybody else is a demon. This one, you should die. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he does it eight times? Nine times. Oh, we're just going to keep on doing it. Down, girl. Down again, I say. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> make sure they're down. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it starts to lose me, you know. Oh, but I mean, because they don't show anything to show his durability should be up to this, you know. So later on in the story, you find out that he's got a a recessive demon gene in him, and that he is a descendant of a powerful person. So it's it's kind of the whole Super Saiyan heritage thing. Yusuke is that. Never mind, not to not know that part. Yeah, well, you know, this comes later on. So spoilers, but come on, spoilers, dude. The show's from you know '94. So <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that part, but statute of limitations on spoilers is well past for the series. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So if you stick with it more, again, this was from my my hopping around. It um, he does have a reason for being so special. It's not just he was good character and you know he could finger bang it had to do with he's got a heritage there there's there's a lineage to it and he's got this like recess is basically x-men he's an x-men and his his gene kicks in and he's suddenly you know more. apparently he's not the best finger banger out there 
<laughs> He's not. There are other. There are other finger bang. I see. I, I didn't. I didn't catch any of those. So enlighten me. Uh, I think in one fight, one guy does his whole hand, which is a very scary thing. Fisting it. That's messed up. <laughs> this whole thing is going to be sexual euphemism, so we may as well lean into it. Um, <laughs> but he was a sexual pervert, so uh, yeah. Well. And and I mean, Kurobawa uses his. He pulls out his sword. It's a spirit. Yeah. Sword. He grabs a little piece of wood. He double fits. There you go. Yeah. So it's. Spirit is what you're saying. That's right. So we're gonna lean into the sexual assault. Let's do it. So there are other characters that do the the reiki finger bang, and that's an interesting thing. I so it's a little early for it, but I I do feel like I want to I want to talk about it now. Is I guess it's are you gonna stick with it? Are you going to, do you feel, you know, like this, let's do our, our roundup on this, even though it's a little early. I, I'll start. So for me, the animation is very rough at first. And I, if it were just the first three episodes, I would have quit and I would not have continued this series. But uh, with a little more effort, you get through about five of them. And then the series really starts to pick up uh, the quality of the work does the story does. And, and yeah, yeah, this, this holds up. And is entertaining, and it's it's got some interesting character development in it, and I I do recommend it. I think that if you're gonna, if you got the time to dedicate to this, give it one a week, you know, one or two a week, and and stick to it. I think it's worth the trouble. It seems to be going in a good way, and I didn't want to end the series, so I didn't go so far as to do that. But uh, the episodes I watched, it it's consistently good, so I, I would recommend it. And I, I do think it holds up. Lynette is a veteran to the Yu Yu Hakusho series, <laughs> a resident expert on Yu Yu Hakusho, as it were. How do you feel about it? With all the finger bait. Um, I'm, I'm glad I actually got to watch it in sequential order this time. I, that was very exciting because, like I said, I went from one to like seven to ten to season two because of how I was only able to get it. So being able to go through season one and go... Oh, so that's how he became like the super macho monkey <laughs> guy, you know? <laughs> right. You go from one scene where he's just like this scrawny dude in a green jumpsuit to he's got this muscle, he's got this neck thing, and I don't know what's happening with him. <laughs> <laughs> he dresses like a hobo and he's ripped. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that I was able to talk you guys into it, and I'm glad I was able to refresh it. So, again, yeah, I would definitely recommend it's. It's of its time. You're not going to get any current stuff in there, but yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely of its time. Uh, Brian, Brian, you uh, how did you feel about it? You going to keep going with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've I've seen this in the, in I've already seen it in Dragon Ball, and if it, it, it's not doing the same. Nah, nah. <laughs> I, and I try to give it. I, I wanted to make sure I watched the complete. Arc. You know, I wanted to make sure, and I actually made it through through a couple of arcs before we got to the dark tournament. And it, I feel like they've done it better. All right, so I feel like they've done it better in Dragon Ball Z. I feel like in terms of character and and and, and just. Just great characters. 
they do it better in Naruto, you know. And these are all things that have been on Toonami. So I, I think this was a, this one. Nah, I don't. I don't need it in my life. All right, cool. Bring on the next one. And Yuvik. So something that just to elaborate a little more on what Brian just said, the studio behind it, Studio Piero, Piero, whatever. I'm not sure exactly how they pronounce it. Actually, has a long lineage of long-running series. Series like Naruto and actually the Bleach series and a few others. It's the same studio. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, yeah. Of- if we're going to do demons, we might as well do Bleach. Yeah. I mean, you got series like Yurisei Yatsura, which had 195 episodes, and you know, they, they've done a lot. It's like, I just ha- I have it up right here on my screen right now, and it's like I had no idea they've done that much. That's a shit ton. So, you know, the examples Brian brings out, it's like, well, yeah, they did it better, but that's also, you know, they've had more experience at it by that time. Fair point. So, but as far as continuing, yeah, I think I'm going to continue. Uh, you know, I watch an episode here, watch an episode there, you know, where time permits, because, you know, as, you know, bills need to get paid, you know, some of us have to actually work, so. <laughs> Squeeze one in where you can. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think that's, to Brian's point, because other shows exist, uh, the Dragon Balls and the Naruto's and the things like that, is it in good company or is it outclassed? If you ask me, I would say it's outclassed. We hadn't even begun to talk about the effect of being the whole, the effect of Bleach on this series when it's basically the same thing with better, with better weapons. You know. Uh, huh? Yeah, I would have to definitely agree. If I had to, if I had a, if I was given a choice between watching Bleach or watching Yu Yu, it'd be Bleach. Oh, Bleach wins in a heartbeat. Even even their filler episodes, you know, I don't really like to watch filler episodes, but yeah, Mm. even those ones. But um, I feel like it's with Yu Yu. It's more like those summer B movies, you know, the one where you go and you're like, oh, it's a dollar. Let me go watch this one. Mm. Just a dollar, you know. I'm just gonna go enjoy it. So this is this is the uh, USA Up All Night uh, version of a series. If you yeah, so happens to be on, you'll stop and watch it, kind of thing. And I think that, that what happens is that, especially when we're talking about, I guess, storytelling from the '80s and '90s, they hadn't found a way to make all of their them seem or they flow together. This one. I, I, I think we're going to continue to say that Gunbuster is by far one of the best ones in stories that we've come across. We haven't right. found anything that, come, that comes close to it. But because we've been watching Gunbuster, when a story doesn't make sense the way Gunbuster does for me, mm-hmm. it, it, I, go, I get a little lip dick. It, it, it doesn't... Meh. <laughs> sure. Sure. I, I, I get it. But I mean, that's... Come on. Now, sometimes... You just want a McDonald's cheeseburger, all right? It's not always going to be Wagyu beef with bacon. Sometimes it's going to be a shitty McDonald's burger, and sometimes Look, it's what you want. I'm saying you, you, <laughs> is a spam burger. Hey, I like spam. <laughs> I was say, how dare you, you disrespect can't, you me can't like that? Spam is a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you, you, know, like, you have ragu, you have ground beef, 
and give me a squirrel possum and mouse. All right. So so this 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 is like a rat burger is what we're going with here. Um, <laughs> it's the greatest rat burger I've ever ate. But it is, it's enjoyable, too. You know, you enjoy well, that's, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, sure, Gunbuster is high art, in my opinion. It, the bar is set. But, you know, sometimes you sometimes you want a Fast and the Furious movie as another callback to another series oh. <laughs> of oh. things that we've talked I'm about. Oh, you, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I haven't gotten past the first one. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> the first Fast and the Furious? Fast and the Furious is my Akira. For <laughs> that, that sh- just don't, just look, that shit is, get some liquor, sit down, and spend a day with the Fast and the Furious family. You will it's not like regret it. it. It starts sec- off serious, and then it just goes balls to the wall, like, really? Right, it is, it is. In space now. It's, it's it's a batshit crazy series, but that's what I'm saying is like sometimes, yes, Gunbusters high art, but sometimes you just want to you know watch something that's just silly, and right like so there's a place for all of these things. Oh, yeah. Nothing's gonna compare to the Gunbusters of the anime world, but but sometimes you you're okay with having fun and watching something that's just a little weird or a little offbeat. Uh, but you're saying that even then, just you're good. I'm saying that I don't want to invest the the time for 112 episodes. Like you said, <laughs> 112 episodes. I was like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna be that dude. Um, I'll be able to point to everybody when they're doing the cosplay when we finally get to conventions. Right, but you'll I'm, be like, oh, there's I, yeah. I, I think you're doing there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enough enough to catch the references and enough to catch the yeah, cosplay yeah, yeah. I, I get you i get you yeah it's i i think that that's as an adult uh middle-aged person you and i'm possibly a third of the way through already you are i'm i'm pretty sure i'm at 30 episodes okay so you're basically you finished season one yeah okay. i like i'm falling i'm falling asleep now dude <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, "Man, I can see why this was on Toonami late at night." (laughs) (laughs) This is what it was. This is for narcolepsy. The fact that Bigger watching it and he's able to stay awake—that just shows me how bad of a condition he has. (laughs) Oh man, I I. I'm gonna I'm gonna just just gonna disagree with you there in saying that if if you have room in your heart for some something that's little silly that this this is this is a show you can watch. So this is the Sally Struthers for 17 cents you can watch this anime. And if you have room in your heart, you can watch another <laughs> Adopted anime. $3.99 a month, you can Adop- help you- this. Heartless anime person enjoy Yu Yu Hakusho at 3 a.m. <laughs> you too. Yes. <laughs> you too can sponsor this adorable anime for the low, low you price. Of <laughs> Your monthly contribution goes to help poorly written anime characters find their story. Uh, <laughs> it's- 
booming your heart. I just say you can't write it off, right? It's not like you, you obviously had an indelible effect on people. It's it's enough to spawn OVAs and movies and and, and they're going to have a live action series or movie now on Netflix. So clearly this made its mark on culture. So it, you know, I, for it too. I mean, we can't there. just, did you see a screen? A what? There's a screenplay. You, they have it like live action in the theater. People could see it on the screen. Watch you Hoko show on Broadway. Um, so, <laughs> so clearly, I mean, it's Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Broadway and I got finger banged. I feel like that's a shirt that needs to happen. <laughs> So all I'm saying is, is that culturally this has had an impact. Clearly it's, it was a huge success. So it's, you know, if you have the time to invest in it and you're not falling asleep at, you know, a middle-aged person like I am, then, uh, you will fall asleep. No, I just saying I as an old man, I fall asleep earlier than I used to. You know. Oh, oh, so you weren't saying that you fell asleep while you watched Not this, no. You were saying it. that as somebody who is seasoned and has paid multiple taxes, <laughs> right. your time is precious. And, and <laughs> you go to bed early is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's yes. what you're saying. That's what Not I'm that saying. this show could possibly no, be a no, sleep this... No, this is not the cure for insomnia. Oh. But <laughs> should you mind. need one? Should you need one? That movie's called Insomnia. Um, but this is I'm saying that it's worth it's worth it culturally. And this, I'm not saying it's it's a cultural high bar. We've already established that. Gunbusters uh you know elevates the status of anime as a format. Other anime do the same thing. Nausicaa, anything from Studio Ghibli, just elevating the the product elevating the the format to something that's high art. This ain't high art. This is the McDonald's burger. You know, this I is will say, this is the Babylon Five to Star Star Trek. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. I, I'm not Babylon Five fans are going to come down hard on you, and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> but I will give you that. All right. Well, they can get me at. <laughs> They can find me at Kaiju underscore Grotto. <laughs> I will send them right back to you. Um, so yeah, sometimes you, you're just on your way home and you need to hit the drive-thru and, and McDonald's is all that's open. So you get your, your Yu Yu Hakusho burger and you go home. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all. You say fritter? I feel better <laughs> saying more of a Yu Yu Hakusho fritter. <laughs> all right, yeah. fine. <laughs> a fritter. Um, so this is, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to follow it up. I think, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got. Um, does anybody else have anything else they'd like to say about Yu Yu Hakusho? We talked about, we, we talked about his, uh, about Yusuke's mom. We haven't even brought up who about his sister. You're not wrong. I, I feel like, <sighs> go ahead. Go ahead, because I had uh, limited uh, interactions with that character. It's uh, they, since I didn't see as many episodes as you, so you're going to have to to guide the way on this one. Be 
I guess the biggest problem with me is, is, is the tropes that we were talking about now, right? Sure. We have been talking about the whole rivalry. We talked about the hero needs to be the best. Yep. We're, we're talking about the whole fighting genre, the fighting genre. And the biggest problem is that, for me, is that you've seen it, oh my gosh, one-on-one person's going to fight, and everybody else is going to stand on the sideline. One person's going to scream out, you need me to come in and help you, just for the person who's fighting to say, I got it, you stay your ass there. And you still need your ass with, just for at the last minute, you pull something out of your ass that has no, nothing so that this shit should have worked. The classic, you should have led with that technique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because of the fact that you had enough room in your heart <laughs> and somehow some character art happened where we said, well, I remember when I was thinking about this and maybe now's the time where I'm going to pull out a move I've never used before or I haven't been to, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have never been successful in using it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so desperate I'm going to use this thing that has yeah, I'm going to use that ever. one. And, aha! Aha! Ruin my heart! <laughs> is That's the biggest problem for me with this whole trope is I've seen where they've taken it from mm-hmm. or, or how far they've gone with it mm-hmm. as opposed to where we are right now. And I just don't feel like investing into that. Oh, this is where we started from? Oh, I see that we're all the way over here. No, I'll just stay over here. I don't need to drive a stick shift. Well, I mean, this, but this is consistent, right? Like, like Dragon Ball Z. Let's compare it to Dragon Ball Z, something that everybody that has ever watched anime is at least experienced to a degree, right? And and Dragon Ball Z does all these tropes. Hell, it's the grandfather of all these tropes. And and it doesn't diminish people's love for Dragon Ball, though, right? Like, Goku can spend seven episodes straight generating a spirit bomb and somehow not get attacked. But we're very forgiving of it because everyone on earth loved and had room in their hearts to give him some of their energy so he could drop a spirit bomb the size of Jupiter onto whoever the fuck the bad guy of the week was. You know what? There's not a lot of room in their heart being used in, in a super dimensional versus Mac Cross. That's <laughs> a lot. <of> <laughs> that show is all heart, damn it. And we're going to get to that. So is that what we're going to call this episode? Is there room in your heart for finger banging? That's where we'll end it. Yeah, we'll end this. Uh, if you have room in your heart for a little bit of finger banging and maybe some light fisting, then this show can be for you. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. I guess that, you know what? I think it's gonna be our show for today. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Good. So uh, until next time, keep calm and you know, uh, never finger bang your opponent without consent. <laughs> You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd, presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections, or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. 
If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.